You're listening to Culturally Speaking. This is Janice. And this is Neha. And we're here to talk about all things cultural. Okay, so today we have Catherine joining us. Catherine is also a fellow podcaster um, and the founder of Space to Build. And in her day job is a superintendent. So we are really, really happy to be able to welcome Catherine to Culturally Speaking um, to discuss her career in construction. So I guess with that, Catherine, welcome. And I'll throw it over to you. I mean, I'm fascinated about how you got into this industry and, and how you've come to do what you do. So I guess, please introduce yourself and, and talk us through how you've got there. Hi, thank you guys so much for inviting me on. I know it's we've had three goes at this now, so I'm glad third time's a charm. Uh, so like you said, my name's Catherine. I work in Washington, D.C. in the United States. I work as a superintendent for a general contractor, and that basically just means I coordinate the construction progress of um, hotels, office buildings, schools, data centers, warehouses, and a couple other things that I've done. Uh, I got into construction simply just by chance. Um, part of it was as a kid, I watched HGTV, and that really sparked my interest in design. And when I did that, I saw a lot of women who were doing the design aspect of it, and a lot of men who did the carpentry and all the building. So none of that really quite made sense to me in the sense that I didn't know that I had that opportunity to go into construction. So I spent most of my time growing up thinking I need to go architecture, I need to do interior design. And it wasn't until I was about my first year into college that I understood that construction was an opportunity I could take advantage of. So I reached out to uh, one of the universities here in Virginia, and I asked if I could learn more information about their construction management program. And the advisor actually pretty much took me by the hand, walked me through the community college courses that I needed so that I could transfer over into this other program. Um, And while I was at the school, you know, I was one of six women in my first class of 100 students. So there wasn't a whole lot of diversity in that sense. (laughs) Um, And then we ended up doing this project where we had to create something sustainable. And so I pitched the idea of creating a women in construction group. So my friends and I actually launched this while we were at school. So this was my second year in. And now, that's almost seven years later, it's still running on its own. You said um, you grew up watching HGTV. And so I guess for all of our non-American listeners, um, it's a home improvement channel or, or show, I guess. Um, and I think that model is probably replicated just about everywhere, right, that we know of, Janice. I know it's certainly the case in the UK. I'm sure it's the case in Asia. The women always do mm-hmm. the decorative and the men do the, as you say, the construction. Um And I don't think that's changed, to be quite honest with you, right? I'm yet to see a really well-known female builder. Well, we might be looking at one right now. (laughs) Um, when, When we first booked you in to talk with us, 
I realized how little I knew about construction. Like growing up, what construction was what Bob the Builder, <laughs> right? Or people I see on the streets, like in the UK, you do see builders on construction sites, and honestly, I've not seen a female builder my whole life. And looking at some statistics, apparently、uh, the ONS in the UK. Um, so the, that's the Office of National Statistics found that in 2018, women are so poorly represented in the construction sector that their number in occupations such as bricklaying, scaffolding, and roofing is too low to measure accurately. I.e., it's less than a percentage point, or it's a such a minuscule amount they can't even report on it. Yeah, and as it currently stands, women make up just 15 percent of the UK construction sector. And only two percent of manual trade workers, which is shockingly low. Yeah, very interesting. According to the trade union GMB, it will take almost two hundred years to achieve gender equality in this sector, which is crazy. I'm just surprised there's a breakdown for that number. <laughs> <laughs> It's just mind-boggling. Wow! Oh wow! That said, though, that is probably very rapid compared to some of the other industries where it took probably more than two hundred years for women to get to not even where we are today. Which is, you know, I suppose perspective is everything. So one of my questions actually was going to be, what is a superintendent? I know that sounds very. Unknowledgeable of me, but I don't think we have a role like that in the UK. <laughs> oh no! To be to be honest, though, like most people don't understand this industry. Like even the people who I surround myself with, they don't get it. You know, like I went to school, and like my best friends and my family, people would ask them, like, "What does she do? What does she study?" And they're like, "Construction." I don't really know what that means. So it's not uncommon to not understand it. Like we have really strong stigmas here in the U.S. Where maybe it's the same thing for you guys too, but it's an ongoing joke that construction just never ends, right? And so、mm -hmm. to the public, we look like a nuisance. <laughs> you know, we're just constantly in their way, and we never finish anything when it's scheduled to be finished. But they don't understand. Like all the work that went into it before construction even started, and all the things that go wrong on a daily basis just to get to the end. So it's not uncommon for people just to not get it. When just now, when I was going through like you know the quite stark statistics in the UK about women in the industry, and probably quite similar numbers in the US, were there any? Misconceptions or things that people around you said when they learned that you were going to go into this trade. When they learned I was going to go into it, there wasn't a whole lot of negativity. I think people also, again, didn't really know what that meant.、Mm. Um, and I was kind of at a point when I'd made that decision that I was making my own career decisions. I was picking a college major. And at the end of the day, like my family knew that I was going to do what I wanted to do,、um, but there were different moments in my life where I've gotten、um, treated a little bit differently because of my decisions. Like, I'll take you back to like high school.、Uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do my senior year, 
And so you had to go to a guidance counselor and fill out a form. And I remember sitting with this African-American male guidance counselor and just my jaw dropped, right? When I told him I wanted to take the woodshop course, he looked at me and said, you sure you don't want to do fashion design? And I just, I was like, I can't. I looked at him and I was like, I just, I never want to talk to him again. I was like, for somebody who, you know, I think would understand an idea of like what, how important diversity is. I was just shocked that he would just look at me and be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Wow. That's a, that's quite a shocking response. Even now I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure how I would have reacted to it. I would have probably like flipped yeah. the desk over and <laughs> run away. Yeah, I just looked at him. Um, yeah, yeah, very sure. I'm good. <laughs> There's something called schemas, and it's a schema is pretty much these perceptions that you've built, mm-hmm. right? And it's what you've been taught. It's like you know, if things got four legs, it must be a cat. Um, and as uh, with the construction industry, you know you. You get so used to seeing males that you don't think women belong. And so um, it's just, so people always look at you and you're like, well, why are you here? And so they just question your um, capabilities. And that's probably one of the biggest things that we deal with as women in construction. Um, It's just people look at us like, oh, well, you're young. You don't know anything. Are you here because of your dad or did you marry into it? Not out of your own like choosing. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the bigger misconceptions that I deal with. Um, so I get that you're young and you're female and both those things work against me sometimes. Um, so I guess, Catherine, how did you end up in the role that you're in today? And was there a straight line or, or, you know, have you been through different iterations to get to where you are? So... After I went through college um, and I graduated, I was actually offered a job right before I graduated uh, for a national company as a project engineer. And that role in particular was an office role where I got to learn the very introductory tasks to project management for construction. So I did that for about nine months and then transitioned to field work for a few more months and realized through all of that that just being in the office every day or most days just wasn't fun for me. And I actually loved being on site every day. Um, But I did kind of burn out and I hit a point where I realized I needed a different environment, different company to work with that was more, more me, I guess, for lack of a better term. So... I went from being a project engineer with a little bit of office experience, a little bit of field experience, and I transitioned into a new company, a much, much smaller local company that I'm at right now. And I went for a field position. So I was on board for about six months as an assistant superintendent. And then they hit a point where they were like, look, like we're ready for you to just run your own jobs. And so that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And in between all of that, I've taken on some extracurriculars uh, where I'm in the National Association of Women in Construction, 
And I've actually started my own online women in construction community and podcast. And I actually found that there is a women in construction UK website. So I've been I've been mm-hmm. looking at that um, while preparing for this. And I was also looking at how do people in the UK get into construction? And so this is called goconstruct.org. <laughs> and apparently there are four ways, no wait, six ways you can get into this. So people can take an apprenticeship, which takes one to five years, and that's straight out of school. Or, now I don't know if you've heard of this, because I've not. It's called T-Levels, which I've never heard of. And this is like blended classroom learning with placement. And it's a two-year course. And then obviously you can do a university degree. And to be very honest with you, before talking to you, I did not know you could take construction as a degree at university. Because to me, like, of course, I know about people who study architecture, who do the designing part of things. But I just didn't know that there's a whole degree to be studied around construction. And that that shows how ignorant I am (laughs) about this whole sector, because I honestly don't know what goes on. I know that there are people with hard hats walking around. To to be honest, I didn't know that was I didn't know it was a thing either. Uh, but I mean, if you think about it, like you go through business management courses, right? Like it's just project management with a construction flair. Slight sidebar, but how much knowledge do you need to know about how to actually construct things? From which role? So I guess in your current role where you are managing, kind of you're overseeing a whole thing, do you actually need to know... The ins and outs of plumbing. Yeah. Like plumbing or building the foundations and... Okay, so I usually tell people you can get away with not knowing anything. Only <laughs> because if you think about it, it a lot of what I do... I only know because of experience, right? Like I went to school and I went to a fantastic program where employment was a hundred percent coming out of school and you wow. if you didn't get a job. It's because you literally did nothing and you upset people. I don't know. It's just, it's impossible. So um, the opportunities were always out there for us, but a lot of us felt like we got this education. We did a couple of internships over the summer, but at the end of the day, we felt like we didn't know anything. Right. So what we mostly got out of our educational experience in school was this understanding of critical thinking and over overview of what is to come. Um, And then you meet a ton of people in the industry who don't have a textbook background and they've literally have worked their way up through it. So there's still so much I don't know. Um, So it's almost like, wow, why am I in this role if I don't know a whole lot? But it comes down to just knowing how to coordinate people and interacting with them, asking the right questions. Because these guys on site, they are the experts. To some extent, I need to be able to go up to them and say, hey, how does this come together? Can you walk me through it? So now at the point that I'm at, I understand a little bit more. But when I first started running my own jobs, I still had a very, very baseline idea and a lot of it just comes with chatting with the people on site every day and watching it happen so for somebody who wants to go into construction it's really just taking those first steps in Um, what might be the hardest like it is with every industry 
is finding that person that helps helps you get in that takes that chance on you apparently more than two-thirds of women in construction so about 72 percent say they have experienced gender discrimination in the workplace this is last year in 2019 um and according to a poll of 4,200 construction workers in the uk two in every five women said that they had been on the receiving end of inappropriate comments or behavior from a male colleague. Worryingly, this was actually higher than when a similar research was carried out two years ago. And I guess, you know, mentioning that, I just wanted to ask, what has your experience or your knowledge of other women's experience been in this field? We definitely all deal with some sort of inappropriate gestures, touches, conversations, and it's super awkward every time. Um, I've had instances where guys have hit on me. I have learned that guys my age, I don't ask them what their name is. Asking somebody what their name is apparently opens the door for inappropriate conversations. I'm not sure how, but it does without fail. So I've given up on that. Yeah, it's super awkward. So then you've got people who are trying to be nice. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I've got this guy on my site right now. He's, I swear he's really nice. He just does not know how to interact with women in construction at all. Or women um, in general, probably. I'm just going to go on and live and say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. To an extent, like, because he kept saying things that were meant to be compliments and, like, genuinely supposed to be okay. But in a workplace setting, it's just super awkward. And it was just, you actually know it now that I'm thinking more about this. I don't, I think he tries to be nice. He just fails. But um, it was just, it was just simple things like, oh, your hair looks nice. Or... Um, for some reason, he was asking about my scar because we were staying outside and took off my mask. And I answered his question. He goes, it's nice. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> it, it's the scar on my face. <laughs> but like, that's like his default reaction to things where it's like trying to compliment me so that there's no like animosity there or something. But I think you guys will get a good kick out of this. So the first day that I met him, he was like, oh, the Guys all told me that there was a woman on site that's supervising everything. And he goes, I pictured some buff redneck woman and you're not her. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, no. I grew up in suburbia and I don't go to the gym. (laughs) Yeah, so that threw him off pretty hard. And I don't think he's ever quite recovered. I mean, I think... Because of where Neha and I work in terms of industry, you know, don't get me wrong, there are also inequalities in terms of gender and treatment of the genders, but I don't think we would get quite as bad. I I think that you touched on two things there. You said the language. Certainly in a office environment, people are very careful around language these days particularly these days I think you might still get the odd thing from say people that are slightly older than our parents generation and and they might use a few words but generally speaking language isn't a problem um the complimenting is an interesting one because I was reading that men in a post 
Me Too era are very fearful of complimenting women. Um, and they don't sometimes know where the lines are drawn um, of, you know, if someone has nice hair that day, I think it should be okay to just show some appreciation for that. You know, I've certainly worked for clients and on sites where somebody said, you know, you look nice today. And there's nothing more or less to it. They're just saying you look nice today and that's fine and you can move on from it. But in the case that you described, Catherine, of where you are at the moment, I don't think it's just a compliment. It's just there's a connotation of something else, which you, you might not be able to put your finger on in the moment, but it just doesn't feel natural or normal I, or wanted even. Yeah, it's just these, like, as one-off comments, some of them are okay, some of them are weird, but when you're doing it constantly, it's just extra awkward. <laughs> But like I said, like, it's, I'm not really upset. It's just, it's the way he phrases it and the way he's constantly doing it, where I look at one of his coworkers and we're like, this is awkward. And then he's, the other guy's like, what? I don't get it. And we're like, we, we don't know how to explain that one to you. If you don't get it, you just don't get it. But like, like I said, nothing bad. It's not super inappropriate. It's just weird. And I don't know how to navigate it some days. So I just kind of go, okay, thanks. You know, I've had worse, you know, you've got the guys who say things like nice jeans and you're like, oh, that's so, so inappropriate because we know where that's going. <laughs> and also, I think it's not even, you know, people don't have to be actively chatting you up or using harassing language. The only question you need to ask is, would you have said that if I were a guy? If the answer is no then stop asking that please you know like it's it's it doesn't have to be very offensive i think it just needs to be non-discriminatory whatever they're saying mm-hmm. no i definitely agree and you guys were talking about the me too moment um movement sorry and it actually made me think about some of the past conversations i've had um i don't know what the demographic is like in the uk but we have a huge hispanic workforce right and then you have more of these white collar roles, like the more management positions, and that's typically your white males. And so when I talk to those guys who are in management, they are very fearful of the Me Too movement. Like they don't know what's acceptable to say. But a lot of the Hispanic workers, I think, I don't know why they're not as familiar with it, but they're a little bit more open and they're the ones that tend to say the things are slightly more uh, inappropriate or they like to push the boundaries and ask if I want to go out to dinner with them. Right? So I think there's a little bit of a cultural thing going on too, um, which has helped me figure out how to navigate those conversations and how I interact with different people is that I have to take those cultural contexts into consideration, even if other women get mad at me for it. And I was about to ask, you have obviously set up this community um, online for women in construction. And is it sort of a forum for women to talk about their experiences or, you know, is it centred on a, on a different aspect of, of construction for women? So Space to Build came because after I left college, I kind of missed having the community that I built in school. Um, I was surrounded by people my age. I was surrounded by other women. 
but there was just this lack of the more casual communities. So there's a lot of professional organizations that are out there, um, but those also tend to be in person and they tend to be an older community. And I just wanted people who were my age, who were online on Instagram, who just wanted to chat about the good, the bad and the ugly and the taboo things like, you know, to talk about things like we're talking about right now, where we talk, we get frustrated and we just need to vent and get it out of our system. And we can't just say construction's amazing. You should go do it. Like I want to be able to dive into what doesn't work what frustrates us and how we can cope with it so that other women in the community know that they're not alone in dealing with these situations. And so it's just the idea that you've got a space here to build your own network, your own community, as well as your career. I think that's amazing. I think you touched on something there that there are so many different types of associations, right? Whatever industry you're in as a woman, but they are typically formal, I find. And sometimes you just want to have that kind of virtual chat that you'd have with a girlfriend over a coffee or a glass of wine, no judgment. Um, and as you say, vent about the good or the bad or the ugly, but also be really excited about the great things or the good things that are happening. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I fully afford it. I think it's a really great thing to build. Now that, you know, you've got this, you know, amazing community of women in construction and by the sounds of it, you're all, you know, being very supportive to each other. Um, potentially contentious question, but can you share with us any examples or stories where you felt like being a woman in construction was actually a, an advantage? I think one common story that I hear and I've experienced personally is again, it goes back to the way guys treat you. So there's this, there's two spectrums here, right? So you've got the guys who are really inappropriate. And then you've got the guys who are kind of scared, which is kind of good sometimes in the sense that like, you know, they're going to be less aggressive towards you. They'll say things that are just a little sweeter, a little kinder. Um, And I really appreciated that, honestly, like as much as I give my boss crap for it, Uh, When I first started, like he was trying to navigate how to speak to me, right? Because he was so used to just this guy atmosphere. So he's constantly apologizing to me. And I was like, no, I stop. Like, I don't know what you're apologizing for. Like, you're not saying anything wrong. But he was, you know, walking on eggshells, making sure that he was creating an environment for me where I was comfortable and I was able to flourish. So the fact that there are guys out there who are cognizant of stuff like that, even if they overdo it, you know, it's also really comforting because that gives us a chance to enter this industry to grow ourselves and move up. Um, It also fostered this opportunity for me to ask questions I wouldn't have ordinarily asked my boss, right? And then it's so I developed this like separate relationship with him and then I got put into positions with other guys in my role and they're like wait what he's that nice to you why isn't he that nice to me and I think that just comes from a different dynamic because he is you know much older than me so he's almost like my father's age right maybe a little bit older than that so that dynamic is different and I've seen that with different women who've experienced the same things um And then one of my favorite opportunities about being female 
and also being young is I get this card that I get to play, right? So it's like, I get to be ignorant. Like it's acceptable because I'm still learning. I'm still new. Um, and so there are people out there who I need to go to for advice, but I also like need them to be on my team and help me get there. And being able to be that like sweeter person who's female, who guys tend to like, they want to be kinder towards. I feel like I'm rambling again. I'm so sorry. Um, the guys tend to be more receptive of me, right? So the older guys will take me under their wing and they'll walk me through how to tackle a certain task, like how a window fits into a wall and what steps are necessary. Otherwise it's going to leak, right? Or I have building inspectors who are typically known as like the quote unquote, no guys. Like they're there to make your life difficult. They don't want you to pass. They put all these roadblocks in your way. But I sometimes I get the guys who are like, oh, you know, here's what I'm looking for. Here's why I'm looking for it. And just so that you know, here's what I'll be looking for two months from now. So let me help you get a head start on it. Right. And I think a lot of that does actually come from being female, whether or not anybody likes it. It's just a reaction that happens. I agree. I think even Neha, I mean, <laughs> we're nodding here. Um, you can't hear this, but. Yeah, Janice and I, certainly, I know, it's happened to me mm. in, in the area of technology that I work in. People assume, I don't know anything, which is fair, because, you know, you're always learning, but they'll always take the time to walk you through it, and they'll do it without um, necessarily being condescending in a way that maybe if I was a man, they would just assume that I knew it, or they tell me they'd fob me off and say oh you know just go and find it out yourself but I found actually that a lot of the men are very welcoming and very kind of open to sharing that knowledge if you yeah that? and I think I think one of the most telling things is some you know I've had clients on projects where they might not be extremely responsive to other people but to me, they always respond straight away and often throw in a smiley face on Messenger. And, you know, I know that we're here to essentially promote gender equality and all of that, but I think it's fair game sometimes, you know, I'm not actually doing anything to encourage that kind of behavior. I'm just being myself. But I think we are... As consultants, I think Neha and I, we do put on, I mean, we don't put it on, we are just friendly people. But I think, like the way that you described it, perhaps because we are female and we are young, I think people do give us a bit more allowance, which I welcome. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. But there's also a flip side, at least for our industry, where being that young female means you're going to get somebody who's condescending, who mm. will lie to you and you won't know the difference, which sucks. Um, and so then you'll go down the wrong rabbit hole and you're like, crap, I shouldn't have listened to that person. So it creates this environment where you're like, okay, well, who can I trust? So just mm. then you spend this whole time trying to figure out what am I supposed to know? Who can I go to to find out information if I'm not allowed to trust anybody? 
And then you've also got these guys out there who use that against you in the sense that they're like, they're actually like directly condescending. Like I was just talking to somebody up in New York and one of her general contractors told her, you know, oh, it's got all this experience. You don't know anything. Um, we're not going to do it your way. You know, it's like, she's literally telling you that you need to submit shop drawings. And these shop drawings are just a, they're technical drawings that show how a part comes together, how it's installed, what it looks like. And these typically get reviewed by engineers to make sure that it's structurally sound or meets certain requirements in order to go into a building to meet code so that when somebody moves in, they're safe and they're in an operable building. But this guy kept blowing her off, you know? So it's, these things happen all the time simultaneously while another woman's out there with a guy who's looking out for her. One thing I was thinking about was, have you ever had a female boss? Or have you always been the boss? So when I did my first job, um, my pro or, sorry, vice president at the time that brought me on, he actually paired me with one of his favorite project managers who happened to be female. You know, mm. she had powered through her career, was in a leadership role, very detail oriented. And she's probably been one of my favorite project managers to date because she worked me so hard, you know, but she also like when it got late, she'd kind of try to kick me out of the building. But it wasn't until I started to transition out of that company that I realized how much she gave me, you know, like I knew so much more than my other peers. And that probably has nothing to do with the fact that she's female. Um, but she's just one of those examples of a female boss that's really taken care of me and was able to put me like miles ahead of other people. The reason I asked that um, is that in talking to some of our other guests, there were a lot of stories of, you know, female bosses being role models and being really supportive. But we've also heard stories of females actually being more competitive to, with each other. And I was just wondering if you've experienced that. Oh, yes, definitely. And that actually messed me up for a while, to be honest. Um, I was leaving one of my internships and I had this like whole conversation with somebody who was high up in the company. And she told me, oh, this is like right after I'd like expressed to her my career dreams, right? It's a super vulnerable moment with somebody I thought that was supportive. And I had no idea the entire summer that she really wasn't feeling it. And then she pretty much told me that she was like a pencil pusher when she started. And why should I have a good start to my career, more or less? Mm. And she told me I was too aggressive. I was overstepping boundaries. And I just, I, to be honest, I wasn't. I was not acting any differently than the guys were. I just had certain people ask me questions and I was giving them honest answers. So... I think she got a little touchy about it because I was talking to people above her only because mm. I was put in rooms with these people, right? So it's nothing I can really do about it other than just appreciate the company I had and appreciate the opportunities that I was afforded that summer. And I wanted to make sure that was shared. Um, so because of the way she reacted to me, I thought, okay, maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe, maybe I was too aggressive. And so when I started um, the next summer at my first job, 
I took a really hard back seat because I was so uncomfortable. I didn't want to screw up this next opportunity. And that was all from one lady with position of power telling me I was too aggressive. And that took a long, long time for me to grow out of. And, you know, you're right. We do kind of have this fear of um, giving up the seat, right? Because we worked so hard to have this role and it's like, we, we can't give it up, right? Like you get used to being that token woman. And honestly, I felt moments like that too, where I was just like, I'm the youngest and I'm female and I'm in this role, right? And so when the next person came up, I could feel myself tense up and I got really nervous. And I was like, why am I doing this to other women? Like, this is stupid, right? This isn't what I experienced in school. This isn't what the right thing to do is. So I'd have to kind of work my way out of that, grab the new girl, walk her through what I knew, figure out ways to support her and try to maintain that mentality. Um, and to me, that's such a learned skill because I'm also, I think, naturally competitive. And I think you also find that in a lot of women in construction, but at the same time, we're all still understanding that there's plenty of room for women in construction. Our industry has a labor shortage. So there's none of that there. What would you tell other women um, that are looking to get into construction or have ever considered moving into construction? And what advice would you have for them? Um, just do it, really. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's, there are more and more women getting into it and there are a ton of career opportunities. That's honestly why I started the podcast that I have is so that I could talk to women in these different roles because you can be in construction and be in marketing. You can be in risk management analysis. Like you can be in safety. Um, you can be on the operations side. There are just so many skills that are needed to make communities come together, right? We're all building something and you need somebody who's detail oriented. You need somebody who's an introvert, somebody else that's an extrovert that can really sell things. So there's just so much opportunity and all you have to do is say, yes, I'm ready. Let's just find the right fit for me. And you don't have to start in one spot and stick to that one role, right? So so many of the men, women that I've talked to they've gone through different phases where they've gone into drafting, then they've gone into real estate, they've done one-off random things that weren't construction related, and then came right back and found other roles that better suited them for their lifestyle in that moment. I'm going to ask a sidebar question just because I'm really interested. Okay. Do you actually do your own DIY? Or is that a myth? So personally, um, I'm just so tired. By the time I come home, I'm literally the worst at doing my own stuff. But um, it's that just for me, that just means that it happens very slowly, like painfully slowly, that I think my roommate kind of hates that part about me. Um, but that's actually kind of an interesting topic because I, like growing up, I wasn't encouraged to like use power tools and do that type of work. So I've always shied away from it. So I have like zero confidence in that aspect. Um, but there are plenty of women who do their D own DIY. And if I'm with people who know how to use certain tools or know how to approach certain tasks, I will join in and I will help them. But it just, it stems more from anxiety and fear for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. So, so our last question that we've asked all of our guests this season, 
Um, if you were to come back in another life, what gender would you come back as and why? I think I would still come back female. Um, I've kind of adopted this like mentality where I wouldn't, as hard as things have been for me, both personally and professionally, being a woman, not being a woman, I wouldn't change it at all because, you know, at the end of the day, where I am is a really good spot and the potential I have to go from here is phenomenal, right? It may not have seemed like it in all those really crummy moments of being degraded because I was female or being ignored because I'm female. But at the end of the day, these guys learn that it doesn't matter what my gender is. At the end of the day, they see me for who I am, for my personality and for my work ethic. And they end up happier on the job site, to be honest. And it makes it so much easier to get work done. So, you know, I just, I'd come back myself and I wouldn't change anything. You've been listening to Culturally Speaking with music by Kevin McLeod. Please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Get in touch with us at Culturally Speaking Podcast on Instagram. You'll find all the details in our show notes. Tune in next week for more culture. Until then, stay cultured.